英語聞き流し10分間名作リスニング英語テキストと MP3 ダウンロードその他の物語はホームページよりご利用いただけます 88thpp.com 88thpp.com But he was very much at a loss when the little boy asked him how he managed. His pride did not allow him to be ignorant of anything in another child's presence, and it was quite droll to see him with his hands in his breeches pockets, his legs wide apart, his face upturned, and his whole attitude that of a man who is in no hurry to reply. At last, he answered, with a shrug of the shoulders Upon my word, I can't remember. It's so long ago. They say it's lovely, the earth and the live people. Remarked the child. Yes, it's not bad, said Tiltle. There are birds and cakes and toys. Some have them all, but those who have none can look at the others. This reflection shows us the whole character of our little friend. He was proud and inclined to be rather high and mighty, but he was never envious, and his generous nature made up to him for his poverty by allowing him to enjoy the good fortune of others. Other blue children opened great big books. The two children talked a good deal more. But it would take too long to tell you all they said, because what they said was sometimes only interesting to themselves. After a while, Light, who was watching them from a distance, hurried up to them a little anxiously. Tilthel was crying. Big tears came rolling down his cheeks and falling on his smart coat. She understood that he was talking of his grandmother and that he could not keep back his tears at the thought of the love which he had lost. He was turning away his head to hide his feelings, but the inquisitive child kept asking him questions. Do the grannies die? What does that mean, dying? They go away one evening and do not come back. Has yours gone? Yes, said Tildal. She was very kind to me. And, at these words, the poor little fellow began to cry again. The blue child had never seen anyone cry. He lived in a world where grief did not exist. His surprise was great, and he exclaimed, What's the matter with your eyes? Are they making pearls? To him, those tears were wonderful things. No, it's not pearls, said Tilthel, sheepishly. What is it then? But our poor friend would not admit what he looked upon as a weakness. He rubbed his eyes awkwardly and put everything down to the dazzling blue of the palace. The puzzled child insisted. What's that falling down? Nothing, it's a little water, said Tilthel impatiently, hoping to cut short the explanation. But that was out of the question. The child was very obstinate, touched Tildal's cheeks with his finger and asked, in a tone of curiosity, Does it come from the eyes? Yes, sometimes, when one cries. What does that mean, crying? asked the child. I have not been crying, said Tildal proudly. It's the fault of that blue. But, if I had cried, it would be the same thing. Do you often cry on earth? Not little boys, but little girls do. Don't you cry here? No, I don't know how. Well, you will learn. At that moment, a great breath of wind made him turn his head and he saw, at a few steps away from him, a large piece of machinery which he had not noticed at first, as he was taken up with his interest in the little child. It was a grand and magnificent thing, but I cannot tell you its name, because the inventions of the kingdom of the future will not be christened by man until they reach the earth. I can only say that Tylel, when he looked at it, Thought that the enormous azure wings that whizzed so swiftly before his eyes were like the windmills in his part of the world, and that, 
if he ever found the blue bird, its wings would certainly be no more delicate, dainty or dazzling. Full of admiration, he asked his new acquaintance what they were. Those? said the child. That's for the invention which I shall make on earth. And, seeing Tobel stare with wide open eyes, he added. When I am on earth, I shall have to invent the thing that gives happiness. Would you like to see it? It is over there, between those two columns. Tautel turned round to look, but all the children at once rushed at him, shouting. No, no, come and see mine. No, mine is much finer. Mine is a wonderful invention. Mine is made of sugar. His is no good. I'm bringing a light which nobody knows of. And, so saying, the last child lit himself up entirely with the most extraordinary flame. Amid these joyous exclamations, the live children were dragged towards the blue workshops, where each of the little inventors set his machine going. It was a great blue whirl of discs and pulleys and straps and flywheels and driving wheels and cogwheels and all kinds of wheels, which sent every sort of machine skimming over the ground or shooting up to the ceiling. Other blue children unfolded maps and plans, or opened great big books, or uncovered azure statues, or brought enormous flowers and gigantic fruits that seemed made of sapphires and turquoises. Our little friends stood with their mouths wide open and their hands clasped together, they thought themselves in paradise. Mytel bent over to look at a huge flower and laughed into its cup, which covered up her head like a hood of blue silk. A pretty child, with dark hair and thoughtful eyes, held it by the stalk and said, proudly, The flowers will all grow like that, when I am on earth. When will that be? asked Tyldall. In fifty-three years, four months and nine days. Next came two blue children bending under the weight of a pole from which was slung a bunch of grapes each larger than a pear. A bunch of pears, cried Tyldall. No, they are grapes, said the child. They will all be like that when I am thirty, I have found the way. Tyldall would have loved to taste them, but another child came along almost hidden under a basket which one of the tall persons was helping him to carry. His fair-haired, rosy face smiled through the leaves that hung over the wickerwork. Other blue children unfolded maps and plans or brought enormous flowers. Look, he said. Look at my apples. But those are melons, said Tautel. No, no, said the child. They are my apples. They will all be alike when I am alive. I have discovered the process. I should never finish if I were to try and describe to my little readers all the wonderful and incredible things that appeared before our hero's eyes. But, suddenly, a loud burst of laughter rang through the hall. A child had spoken of the king of the nine planets, and Tyldall, very much puzzled and perplexed, looked on every side. All the faces, bright with laughter, were turned to some spot which Tyldall could not see, every finger pointed in the same direction, but our friend looked in vain. They had spoken of a king. He was looking for a throne with a tall, dignified personage on it, wielding a golden scepter. Over there, over there, lower down, behind you, said a thousand little voices together. But where is the king? Tautel and Mytel repeated, greatly interested. Then, suddenly, a louder and more serious voice sounded above the silvery murmur of the others. Here I am, it said proudly. And, at the same time, Tautel discovered a chubby baby which he had not yet remarked, for it was the smallest and had kept out of the way till then, sitting at the foot of a column in an attitude of indifference, seemingly wrapped in contemplation. The little king was the only one who had taken no notice of the live children. His beautiful, liquid eyes, eyes as blue as the palace, 
were pursuing endless dreams, his right hand supported his head, which was already heavy with thought, his short tunic showed his dimpled knees, and a golden crown rested on his yellow locks. When he cried, Here I am. The baby rose from the step on which he was sitting and tried to climb onto it at one stride, but he was still so awkward that he lost his balance and fell upon his nose. He at once picked himself up with so much dignity that nobody dared make fun of him, and, this time, he scrambled up on all fours and then, putting his legs wide apart, stood and eyed Tildal from top to toe. You're not very big, said Tildal, doing his best to keep from laughing. I shall do great things when I am, retorted the king, in a tone that admitted of no reply. And what will you do? asked Tildal. I shall found the General Confederation of the Solar Planets, said the king, in a very pompous voice. Our friend was so much impressed that he could not find a word to say, and the king continued. All the planets will belong to it, except Uranus, Saturn, and Neptune, which are too ridiculously far away. Thereupon, he toddled off the step again and resumed his first attitude, showing that he had said all that he meant to say. Tautel left him to his meditations, he was eager to know as many more of the children as he could. He was introduced to the discoverer of a new sun, to the inventor of a new joy, to the hero who was to wipe out injustice from the earth and to the wiseacre who was to conquer death. There were such lots and lots of them that it would take days and days to name them all. Our friend was rather tired and was beginning to feel bored, when his attention was suddenly aroused by hearing a child's voice calling him. Tiletal! Tiletal! How are you, Tiletal? How are you? A little blue child came running up from the back of the hall, pushing his way through the crowd. He was fair and slim and bright-eyed and had a great look of mital. Audiobook. Living in Kyoto by Hidami Woods. Now on sale in online stores. 44 available distributors. Apple, Google Play, Amazon Audible, or else. ヒデミウッズがデザインした、とってもかわいいオリジナルグッズが手に入る。トートバッグ、缶バッジ、ステッカー、T シャツ、トレーナー、パーカー、文具、その他いろいろ、エリゼンドットコムで見てみてね。E